get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch Black Moon Rising, a movie written by John Carpenter, not directed by him. No werewolves. I'll just tell you guys right now. Yeah. No werewolves. Not one to be found. That doesn't make it bad. It's just that most people go into this sort of thing thinking, all right, this is going to be great. This is going to be a heavy metal werewolf movie. No. Watch Silver Bullet instead if you're looking for something like that. I mean, you see the car and you're like, I can't believe a fucking werewolf's going to drive that. And then you're just like... <laughs> I remember Alex talking about it before and it's like, yeah, hey, we should do that one. And I'm like... Is that a werewolf movie that I haven't seen? <laughs> as soon as I saw Tommy Lee Jones, I was like, yeah, probably not. But what yeah. if? <laughs> but what, what if? If Tommy Lee Jones had to shoot a werewolf? Well, that's the thing is, I thought of, like, what if Tommy Lee Jones was the werewolf, and he wouldn't agree to that. What if the werewolf could smell crime? <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones would not sanction that buffoonery. We all know Direct that. Direct a DVD sequel where there's a werewolf? Okay, we'll get to this later. Parker, Absolutely. do we have any news? Uh, I got some breaking news for you, Walter Cronkite. I'll be goddamn do you think I'm watching that Suicide Squad trailer. Not on <laughs> your life. <laughs> Not on anyone's life. Is it that's different a- than the one that I've seen in front of every movie that I've seen in the past two months? Hey, man, Allegedly. I've tell you that several times. Couldn't tell Apparently. you. Apparently. It keeps saying it's like this is the new trailer because I've already seen that one, the same one that you did, Alex, and it's in front of every single movie and it looks like butt. This new one, apparently Adrian was only able to get like 10 seconds in before he was laughing hysterically. So maybe it's Man, really that funny. That guy likes like everything. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, feature episode. <laughs> Only takes two. I enjoy or possibly one fun. with a new lifeline I came up with. <laughs> oh, no. What? No. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I've never seen such joy in your eyes than in that moment. <laughs> in that and this moment, is the lifeline I like to call Chris and Parker watch Stewie Griffin the Untold Story. Yeah, great. <laughs> it's a really catchy name. I yeah. Like <laughs> There's money in that name. <clears throat> Any other news, Parker? Uh, I wrote down like five different upcoming Disney remakes, but it was so dire. It just ruined my fucking day. Great. Because <laughs> they announced a new one, and then at the bottom of the article, it's like, so also in production, and I just saw a live action Lilo and Stitch. My eyes rolled in the back of my head, and I forgot oh, to that's, face that's it all. not real. I forgot that's to real. write them all down because it upset me. <laughs> you think Kevin Hart's going to play Stitch? <laughs> Look, I-, I don't even want to see a live action Disney remake unless it's Song of the South. Exactly. Happy Juneteenth. We're halfway there. We're so close. Digitally de-age Uncle Remus. (laughs) 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 Fucking Princess Leia. (laughs) Song of the South is, in fact, about family. In fact, different (laughs) families. That's why it's so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, who are your jerks of the week? I want to go last on this one. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. I could jump in. So, uh, you guys know like all of our consoles are just streaming machines, right? Yeah. Of course. So I open YouTube. I've used my YouTube app maybe a dozen times in the years and years I've had my PS4. So I didn't bother logging in because my password's long. I didn't want to fuck with it. So my recommendations are based solely off of like the dozen things I've watched. So I watch a video, and it's like, hey, do you want to watch this related thing, this related thing, this related thing? Or do you want to watch six hours of trains? So my jerk of the week is the algorithm for figuring me out. <laughs> it was so humiliating. There's a room full of people. It's like, bro, why is it recommending you train videos? It was a six-hour supercut. How do you realize they had that many songs? Shut the fuck up. I can't with you today. Where's my choo-choo sound effect? <laughs> Come on, ride the train. train. <laughs> I wish it was that. I would have shown it to everybody. Now that's a six-hour supercut right there. Absolutely. Why is there six hours of trains? And why did I watch only so six much of, of it? <laughs> Parker, Alex. I hope you know, if I were there, I would have been like... Yeah, we're put on the train thing, right? <laughs> they thought I was joking. I hit play, and they, they joke, stop being funny real quick. Uh, I'll see this through to the end. We're in my what house. Are the trains? Are you just, like, watching trains together? There's, like, no dialogue or anything? Just mutter going, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Let's go. Look at the take that corner. Fuck yeah. Actually, Chris is a master of engineering. Uh, Alex, do you have a jerk of the week? Yeah, my jerk of the week is myself. So, uh, you know... Hanging out on the internet, just making some posts. Somebody brings up that uh, that newly announced western starring Willem Dafoe and Christoph Waltz that's coming out. You know, talking about how uh, Christoph Waltz faces off against his criminal rival, Willem Dafoe. And somebody goes, well, why can't Willem Dafoe be the good guy? To which I, unconsciously, immediately, just hands to keyboard, type, Will you see in English, his name is Dafoe. I fucking hate that you screen cap that <laughs> sent it to me and then sat on it for like two more days. <laughs> I hate it so much. You've been riding this high for literally days. He can't miss. He can't miss. <laughs> fucking believable. <laughs> oh. God. You've had like a reverse Ben Simmons week. You've just been crushing it. <laughs> All I can think about with Defoe is that picture where he's photoshopped onto Jeff Keighley's body. Uh, Jeff Keighley's body, <laughs> the Halo one with like the Doritos and the Code Red. I don't know who thought to do that, but I love them. I don't know. It's kind of perfect. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what Jeff Keighley looks like if he's still alive. Uh, for my jerk of the week, which ties into recently watched, I visited my father. For Father's Day, and I'm like, Dad, you know what? We should watch Chernobyl. And he was like, Oh, I'll hook the Blu ray thing, which is Gathering Dust. And I'm like, Okay, here we go. Plug it in, put it in. We actually binged the entire thing, and he ended up really liking it. Unfortunately, uh, he got a little too excited, so my jerk of the week is Anthony Fauci. I don't know how that connects to Chernobyl. If you're interested in the details, ask, I would ask my dad. Love the details, and also love to know how he pronounces it. Well, you know, we'll save that for people who are listening because it's embarrassing to recount. Anyway, uh, other things that I 
rewatched or just watched this week. I didn't have a lot of time to myself, so I didn't really watch a whole lot of movies. But one thing I watched while I was working was the making of documentary for the Batman animated series. It's called The Heart of Batman. Fantastic. I loved every single second of it. The music was excellent. They got this guy, he does like electronica music, kind of sounds like a a bit of a low-budget version of John Carpenter's music, which I happen to like. When I go into like making of documentaries, this is exactly what I'm looking for. They go into a lot of details about the influences, what the what the market was like at the time, what the studio was like, all the people who were involved. And I have to admit, I've been really hard on Bruce Tame in the past, specifically for the Harley Quinn movie. But watching this, hey, you know what? I can appreciate the guy. The guy really created a vision that's now basically the definitive version of Batman. So, better than the comics, better than the movies. Watch the cartoon. So, I'm really happy that I watched that. Perfect 10 out of 10. Everyone should see it. And Parker, if you have the Blu-ray version of the, uh, or the Blu-ray collection of the animated series, it's on there. But it's also on YouTube, so you can watch it faster that way. Ooh, now we're talking. Yeah, I'll fix my fuck up your algorithm. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. my rec page yeah. to get all messed up. <laughs> the only episode they have on YouTube is the one where Batman takes over a train, so... Anyway, <laughs> the next movie I watched was Basket Case, which came out in 1982. Oh, Jesus, buddy. That's a movie actually, made it was for all right. cheaper than podcast. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've spent more <laughs> money on this podcast. microphone costs way more than that whole movie. <laughs> I spent, what, how much have I spent on this podcast so far? Maybe $300 total, and I'm pretty sure that was more expensive than uh, Basket Case. I'd heard of Basket Case a while ago. I don't remember where someone said it's like, hey, you ever see Basket Case? Oh, whatever. I'm like, it's Basket Case. I guess I I knew the phrase from, uh, was a movie... Uh, Breakfast Club, that one character, she's called a basket case. I never really understood that. Uh, I guess neither did the director of this movie, because he interpreted basket case to mean some guy's carrying around a wicker basket which has this deformed twin Siamese brother in there who's who kills people and yells a lot. I want to emphasize the yelling. He yells <laughs> so much. It is the, piercing. The yell- I... How do I even describe what the guy looks like? He looks like, um... Remember, like, the, the little green gooey guy from Ghostbusters? He kind of looks like that, except Caucasian. And, uh, he's got, like, his two arms, he's got, like, this fucked up face and everything. And he yells like a normal human being. And it's the funniest sound that could possibly come out of his voice. He's just... Ah! <laughs> okay, uh, don't go to that basket. Oh, no reason. And that's 90 minutes. <laughs> Trains versus deep snow. Let's fucking get it, YouTube. Hope the train wins. Okay, Parker, you have to close YouTube. And it's <laughs> true. He technically doesn't. Yeah, that's right. So train horns. Uh, part. I'm sorry. It's six minutes of train horns. <laughs> part one. You figured out. So in basket case, uh, <laughs> guys carrying around his little basket brother, and they get a room in New York for a little bit, and he meets a pretty girl, goes on a date with her, and in the meantime, his basket brother is going around killing people. Just it's like a claymation at certain parts. It's like stop motion and others. He just jumps at people, and goes ah, and people and you know tears apart. It's pretty gory at some parts, but. You know, nothing he can't handle. I mean, I've seen Evil Dead, and that came out a year before this, and was somehow more expensive than this. (laughs) 
I was under the impression that Basket Case was like a classic horror movie, and uh, this seems like a movie that maybe seven people have seen. But I'm kind of happy yeah, that I was with them. Yeah, that's that's classic horror, though. You that's a good point, the yeah. cult yeah. classic part. Yeah, no <laughs> regular person has seen this movie. Also, if I lived there, I would just be your Basket Case. He'd be sitting there like, oh, yeah, my brother's here. And I'd probably be like, hey, do they make any new Purge movie? And he'd just like, slam <laughs> the door shut on me like, no, no, no. No, sweetie, stay in there. <laughs> oh, man, it's like... Boy, I, I'm going to have to learn how to train this dog. You come out of your past, can I help? <laughs> <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Oh, I think your brother's hungry. No, no, no. He's, don't feed him. No, Do he just, not he under any circumstance. <laughs> Hand him the Yu-Gi-Oh cards with a flat open palm. <laughs> Good tendies these are. <laughs> there's actually there's actually a scene in, in Basket Case where his brother gets uh, the Basket Case... A TV. And he was like, "Hey, look! I got you a TV, and I put it right outside your uh, basket. I'm gonna go out and have sex. How about you just watch TV?" And the, the little hand reaches out there and turns the knob. And oh, I don't know my own strength. And he actually breaks the knob on there. And so he goes into a rampage and destroys the entire room. And all I'm thinking about is, uh, what was the name of that? Uh, what was the name of that <laughs> fucking monkey from uh, Barefoot Executive? What was it popcorn or something? Whatever you the name of the me. monkey from Barefoot Executive was, where he also watched TV. It was just like the basket case versus the monkey from Barefoot Executive. Now that's the celebrity death match I want to watch. My money's on the monkey. I don't care who the opponent is. <laughs> Always bet on monkey. I just for the record. Yeah. So <coughs> I guess a lot of people don't really like uh, this movie. It can be a little bit gory at times. I can understand that and. One person called it the sickest movie I've ever seen. I'm like, wow, that's not even in my top 50. But, you know, after seeing The Evil Dead, it's like, this is actually kind of tame guy by comparison. But I'd also like to compare it to The Evil Dead because when a movie is this cheap, you can see every single bead of sweat that went into making this. You can kind of, like, see all the people working really hard on this. And for people who genuinely didn't know how to make movies, it's really not that bad. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like Basket Case. Not as much as this next movie. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm so <laughs> happy about like this. Basket Case 2, and also 3, <laughs> probably. There is actually a Basket Case 3. I don't. Oh, th those have to be crazy. like three times as expensive as the first movie. Anyway. I don't know if this is ever a thing. This might be a Mandela Effect thing. Actually, ask my dad, who's in his 60s, and he's never heard of such a thing, but is Movie Mystery Night, like, a thing? Like, it's a mystery movie, like, no one knows which movie it is? Uh... If were, that were a thing, it would have been my biggest hobby for like the last 20 years, dude. <laughs> I should have invited you to this, man, because the AGFA, the American Genre Film Association, to celebrate Cinema Week, decided that they were going to have a movie at the Alamo Drafthouse uh, last night. And I was like, well, it's better than everything else that's playing. Uh, I'll just go ahead and see it. What's the worst that could happen? Now, they did give hints. They were like, there's Katana already. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Okay. Thongs, hints, okay. I'm yes, out I'm on hints. No, blind and, or nothing. <laughs> and Robert Zadar. Uh, Alex, you know Robert Zadar, right? Uh, yeah, these hints are too good. Like, fuck yeah. them. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> it's a little too easy now. I'm just like, well, I've seen two Robert Zadar movies so far. Uh, Soul Taker, which didn't have any katana in it, so straight to MST. And Maniac Cop, which would have benefited from Katana, but was pretty good as it is. I'm like, okay, let's see what it is. I want to emphasize right now, 
that is a personal failing on my part that I haven't seen this movie before now, but I'm so happy that I got to see it in theaters. And this is how I watched Samurai Cop for the first time. Nice. I'm so happy for you. It's Dude, imagine so you, much if you're out there and it was just like Joker. <laughs> I'd still have a good time. I like that movie. But <laughs> Dude. He's at it again. Look at all these fake hints he put out there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Parker, I guess you've seen Samurai Cop I'm very familiar with it So is the Joker hosting it And tricking people to see Joker? Is that <laughs> He's the clown prince of crime He works in mysterious ways I mean, Chris just watched that documentary on him We should really be asking him Oh yeah, yeah. What kind of movies does the Joker like? <laughs> But he likes really bad movies. Regular Ironically. stupid love. Can you think of a better one? No. Oh, the stay alive regular one. stupid okay. love. <laughs> that's 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 payback for regular train. <laughs> You go fuck yourself forever for that one, buddy. I can't ever listen to that song again. Normal. Hey, but that's how it goes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so anyway, I have to talk about this. This movie's really good. <laughs> Alex, Wait, have you seen Samurai Cop? I have not, no. Okay, it might be a future episode. Uh, the only thing that would preclude us from doing this as an episode is it's... It's basically the room of action movies, and everyone's seen the room. There's no point in us doing an episode on because, you know, we're just going to say the same things everyone else has. It's kind of hard to trot off new ground. But Samurai Cop is so much fucking fun. This is one of the most fun movies I've ever watched in a group. It is, it's so inept. There's a mistake on every single frame. The The main character, uh, who has two different names... He's got this hair. It's not just long hair, okay? We've seen people with long hair before, men with long hair before. This hair is so voluminous, okay? Like, he took that Perp Plus commercial and it was just like, yeah, fuck it, and just gave himself, like, super volume on it. And I looked up the trivia. It turns out that's only half the time is that his real hair. At one point, he was just like, okay, sick and tired of this hair. Got a haircut. They called him back for reshoots. They're like, what the fuck? So they bought him a wig, but it was a woman's wig, so it looks fucking stupid on him uh robert zadar is in this he looks relatively normal this is a young robert zadar so he just kind of looks like steven seagal he'd still say oh it's it's still a pretty big face i'm like yeah but he's also he's got a beard and everything robert zadar plays a samurai master named yamashita and he has a climactic samurai yeah. fight at the end you gotta see this fucking movie dude uh, the dialogue in this movie is some of the funniest I've ever heard in my life. Uh, not intentionally, but even then, like, they're trying to tell jokes, and ordinarily, like, Parker, we've often talked about, like, there's not much you can say about a comedy that doesn't work because there's only so many ways you could say, that's not funny. But the jokes are so fucking bad that it's, it's still funny. A great scene is, uh, there's, like, a chain-link fence, and our hero climbs over the top of it and jumps down, and the, his, like, his deputy assistant or whatever crawls underneath it. 
And he looks at him and says, why did you go under the fence? And he says, because I'm an undercover cop. And they just let that scene play for like a beat for everyone to laugh at it. And it's like this awkward, like kind of like titter builds up in the fucking theater. We just end up going nuts at it. But here's the thing about watching it in the theater. If you're going to watch it in the theater, you need to have like the right people. Or if you're going to watch it at all, have the right people around you. People who are going to be able to make fun of the movie. We're trying to be quiet. We're trying to be respectful. Yamo has a role. We'll kick you out if you're a nuisance. There's a scene early on where uh, he's communicating with uh, this blonde police officer who's a little sexually overt. And uh, he says, hey, uh, I'll be done with this soon. Just keep the seat warm for me. And she's like, oh, I'm warm and ready. This guy, like three seats down from me, just went, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's the problem. Chris, I was lying. I have seen Sam. <laughs> now, here's the problem. Everyone in the theater laughed at that guy. And that's a huge problem because it all went to his head. And he thought, oh, I'm Mr. Entertainment. I'm the guy who's going to make the all the jokes throughout the entire movie. And so he kept trying to make jokes and none of them were working. And we're, no one wants to, like, shush him because, like, look what the fuck we're watching. But, like... You know, none of his jokes are quite working. He's just kind of, like, yelling at the screen every once in a while. But the movie, like, it kind of needs someone like that. I think that's the way this movie was originally shown in 1991, you know? Like, just anyone would walk into a theater like, What the fuck is this? Uh, also, his girlfriend was there, and you can kind of tell that she got incredibly jealous of the laughter that he got for that one joke, because she just started making jokes, too. But the only joke she could think up was... He's the samurai cop! Which, uh, didn't get quite as much laughter after the Man. seventh fucking time she said it. Well, learning a lot about the uh, clientele for Mystery Movie Night right now. Yeah, evidently. I wasn't expecting this. I'm absolutely going to the next out one. of this whole premise very quickly. Yeah. I, I would rather show up and it's just the joke. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Is like, I kind of added to the experience. This is like the authentic way to watch... Samurai Cop, which I might buy on Blu-ray because holy shit, that's this fine. is. I don't need authenticity. I'll watch it at home. <laughs> yeah, but like you need other people though. That's the important thing. Is like you can watch it by yourself and you'll still have a good time. But it's so much better when you have other people around. So, highly recommend it. Could be a future episode. It's just it's a little too obvious. Maybe. Uh, last one I watched is another movie from 1991. Parker, have you heard of a director called Wes Craven? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Okay, well, he was a horror director, so he did a few movies on the list. One of them was called The People Under the Stairs. Have you oh, seen this? Oh, hell yeah, bro. Oh, buddy. Dude, I feel like this is a movie that I've probably seen before with my dad on, like, TNT on a Saturday afternoon after he mowed the lawn. He's not even, like, watching the screen. He just has, like, the newspaper up. It's just, like, some backgrounders or something like that. The People Under the Stairs is actually pretty good. I actually yeah, really it's... like this movie. I think a lot of people aren't really into it because of racism. But this movie really works for me. There's a certain aesthetic about, like, early 90s or just showing it on, like, cable TV and, you know, it's edited for TV. But it's, there's something about it. Like, the music's constantly playing and the acting is over the top. So it stars uh, Ed and Nadine from Twin Peaks. And <laughs> Everett McGill, who played Ed on Twin Peaks, is the husband in this, or technically brother in this movie. Maybe they're inbred, who knows. He's, like, running around wearing a gimp suit and, like, bellowing like a hillbilly the entire time. And it's so funny. I think 
I'm not sure it's plausible that he was making fun of uh, Wendy's performance in Twin Peaks because that's the way that she was in that show. And I think he's just making fun of her in front of her. And that's really funny. I have to admit, I'm not really a Wes Craven guy. Like, I really enjoyed Nightmare on Elm Street, but I didn't like at all The Hills Have Eyes, Last House on the Left. Uh, I didn't even like Scream as much as you guys. I certainly didn't like the, what was it, the Freddy's Back, the Return of Freddy Krueger, whatever that nonsense was. I was like, oh, maybe he just sucks. But this one, this one really re reinvigorated my opinion of him because there's a lot of subtlety that goes into this. There's a lot of subtlety when it comes to race, where it comes to uh, politics, where it comes to finance. A lot of people have been coming, yeah, you know, it's anti-capitalist, it's anti-landlord. I'm like, yeah, that's really just more of a framing device. That makes it more realistic, that makes it more believable when the really, really fucked up stuff goes on. Basic story is uh, there's this black family, and uh, the young son of that family desperately needs money. Otherwise, his mother's going to get kicked out because they don't have the rent. Oh, and it's like Happy Gilmore. Yeah, it's like Happy Gilmore, <laughs> without golf. And uh, also black people are in this movie. So he joins up with this... Uh, gangster guys uh who are mostly white and they're gonna go rob this house they pick the wrong house and he goes into the house turns out there are literally people in the walls these uh ed and nadine they've been kidnapping children from the neighborhood and uh i guess just killing them off and he encounters other children who try to help him and it's fucking pulse pounding it's actually really really good so the people under the stairs is one of the better horror movies that i've watched which is incredibly low bar to clear but Dramatics. I did have a good time. <laughs> anyway, uh, Alex, what did you watch? All right. Well, uh, I've been watching a lot of basketball and a lot of soccer and not a lot of movies. But I do have one thing that I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. A movie that I saw in theaters when I was a kid and have not bothered to revisit until this week. A movie called Chicken Run, which oh, fucking I love that sucks. Movie. Oh he no! Trash, dude. Oh Fuck no! Fuck that movie. Like, <laughs> oh, you know how, uh, you know how, like, often we'll talk about like the late Pixar movies as like being kids' movies that aren't really for kids. It's just jokes for adults, and like no kid could ever get anything out of them other than look at the pretty colors. Yeah, that's like that, except not funny either. Like, it's Is like it because it's British. Chris, Chris, you want to <laughs> tell me about all the uh, the old movie references in this? Are there any? I it's been yeah. The whole thing is old movie out? references, and I don't give a single solitary fuck. And you know what else I don't care about? Being seven years old and getting a bunch of references to like The Great Escape and shit. Like I don't care. I do not. Oh care. yeah, there would be a Great Escape reference in there, wouldn't it, there? It's All like right. the entire thing. Like it looks stupid. The jokes are bad. The plot is dumb. Like it's way too fucking saccharine and serious for a kids movie yet there's nothing there for like who is this for why do people like it? do they like it because like oh yeah we we get to clap back at the capitalists in the stupid ass fucking chicken movie because that's what letterbox seems to think letterbox thinks oh, it's a they, fucking masterpiece I, 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 okay like, ignore letterbox i mean i do yeah, the capitalist. Like, yeah we we get it man we get it man money back every fucking we get time it. like just but shut I, the I think, fuck up <laughs> Not i'll just say it like this uh <laughs> I just revisited Wallace and Gromit, which I still happen to like, and in fact, that's the only, I was going to say it's the only British movies I like. <laughs> so Wallace and Gromit, my two favorite British actors. I was like, well, the same guy, Nick Park, did Chicken Run, and I remember when that came out it was two thousand, I believe. So I haven't seen this in twenty years. Right. I was like, oh, hey, you know, maybe I'll check this out again because I remember I really liked it. We even bought it on VHS. 
So I haven't seen it so long. I was like, oh, you know, I was that close to revisiting it. But with the way that you described it, now, we, now I'm not sure if I want to revisit it. <laughs> Chris, you like... I, I could see you liking this movie. Like, Maybe. You know, <laughs> after I just said it's a movie for idiots that no one could possibly like. Yeah, I could see it. But, but you're also the kind of person who will be like, oh, I love how different the animation style is. And I love that they it's do just this. I, yes, I agree. That's why I'm like, this is like, it's it, and it's bad claymation on top of that. Like, oh. if you, like, I mean, I think anyway, I think it looks like shit. But, but yeah, the the Britishness doesn't help. It doesn't really do any favors. It's no. like, it's like every like five minutes, it's like somebody yells at the camera, "Hey, they're chickens!" Like, oh no, <laughs> I. Mel Gibson's in it, though. Like I said, never really made a bad uh, movie. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, your theory constantly proven correct. So, um, yeah, don't revisit Chicken Run. Unless no, you're, I, I, I guess, you know, like, 21 and in film school right now and need to tell the world about how woke it is. Like, oh. I'm so done with the internet, dude. I'm, I'm gonna go be a mountain person, go hang out with Squatch. Fuck this, dude. I'm out. I'm out. I'm just fucking done. I can't. Like, the absolute fucking nerve of the Zoomers to think that Chicken Run is good. Like, fuck you guys. Anyway, Parker, what'd you watch? So you liked it? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, late-period Pixar movies, I didn't realize one was coming out this last weekend. Oh, I yeah. Just, like, yeah. Disney Plus. It was like, hey, do you want to watch a new movie for free? I was like, sure, why not? Uh, here's my issue with it. I didn't know anything about it. Never saw a trailer. I did not realize that every one of the movies was going to be Italian. And boy, <laughs> did I get on her nerves very quickly. Because, <laughs> man, everyone's doing the voice. I'm doing the hands. Everything's in beautiful Italy. Marone, we're making some pasta. It was... I'm sure the movie was fine, but I was a fucking menace and ruined it for her. No, no, it's different, Parker. They're saying pizza. Oh, well, that's fun. Uh, that's another extra cheese, cheese extra like chromosomes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, as far as the actual movie goes, like yeah, it's fine. It's, it's a Pixar movie. None of them are going to be like bad. It's watchable. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. just didn't really care about the plot. I'll be honest. I didn't really get into it, <laughs> Just but even then, it was like, jokes. yeah. I mean, I had to keep myself entertained. I would do that too. Yeah. She was very into it. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm on this couch. I already finished my dinner, so uh, <laughs> hey, not going anywhere. There's exactly. a Jedi. <laughs> I was gonna say you just said it like Watto. <laughs> That's He's weird. Most of the par- <laughs> most of the best Pixar movies aren't about people. <laughs> I just hope they accept this fish boy. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Don't give a shit. I didn't know you watched Ponyo. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. A movie I did care about was, uh... On one of our days off, she had plans to go hang out with a friend, but I was like, we got a little bit of time to kill. And we're scrolling through Prime, and she goes, Ooh, what's unhinged? And I just mashed the play button. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it this way. We got like an hour in. She was like, hey, how much is left? Half hour. All right, I'll tell her we're running late. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she didn't want to pause and finish it later. It's oh, so it's fucking good. so fucking good, dude. It's on Prime now. <laughs> I got so excited. Oh, my God. I had forgotten so much of it. 
I had totally forgotten about that truck just liquefying that car. (laughs) (laughs) Dude gets murdered so hard. (laughs) Might be a top ten movie from last year, if not higher. Just a masterpiece. Uh, You know what wasn't? So, uh, Willy's Wonderland got added to Hulu, a movie you both talked about already. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Loved it. So, uh, just not gonna talk, huh? We, we tried to tell I, you. I, yeah. We tried. Because I remember you talking about how he doesn't say much, and in my head I'm like, so just, like, building to, like, some big punchline at the end? No. I no. was hoping for that. Like, just say one thing. I might have hated that more, to be honest. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Most likely, with the rest of the movie, it depends sure the on the payoff line. Wouldn't have been worth it. It's, uh, man, how much silent cleaning can one person watch in a ninety-minute movie? Oh, but it's epic, dude, because it's him. Like, I can't even get excited about the fucking pig movie because these are just Nick Cage movies now. It like he's he's now in on the joke, so they're not fun. It sucks. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Pinball. But I still That's had fun, fun with jujitsu. So, oh, he's drinking a soda and playing pinball again. Okay. I just don't understand. Look, this isn't the type of movie where I'm supposed to think about it, but like the entire town knows about this deal. Like, just light a fire. He kills them all very easily. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely no stakes. He's not scared once. Like, he shows up, one of them attacks him, and he just beats it to death. And like, okay, well, seventy-five more minutes, I guess. See, that's the thing: is cool. if that character isn't scared, then neither is the audience. So all you get is jokes, which are, uh... I feel I'm like... Sure someone liked it. I feel like that was a movie that was made by somebody who thought the, the prank call with the Duke Nukem soundboard is the funniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> like, you I can just see, like... I don't know why that like, was in my head earlier this week, but... Right? A lot of strong vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Cage, will you say balls of steel again? No. <laughs> I'm not talking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, real bad. Even yeah, for so a movie it's... just that's sitting on Hulu, it's it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, There's it's less of a horror, more of a thriller. Good. So yeah, I kind of want to see problem. like how many horror movies, especially from the list, that I can go onto Letterbox and say less of a horror, more of a thriller on there until I get banned for spamming. <laughs> Parker, agree yes. or disagree? The best character was the racist Mexican animatronic. Absolutely, without question. <laughs> What else would it be? It's the only character. That's a good point. Yeah, there's no other character. That racist puppet has more dialogue than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, real bad. Um, I don't like when Nick Cage movies are made by people who are in on the Nick Cage memes. Like it doesn't yeah. work. Absolute trash. Let's see here. Oh man. <laughs> so. uh... <laughs> I looked at my desktop and went, oh yeah, I downloaded all the Highlander movies that one time. Oh, yes. I should get back on that. Jesus Christ, man. Let me How talk many to more are there? Two. Plus a TV okay. show I will not watch. Yeah, that's so, yeah, the thing. Of, no. Shenron. There's, no. There's like a hundred episodes, please. <laughs> I mean, I didn't stop Chris from assigning me Beyblade. That is true. It's in the rules now. Let it rip. You did, in fact, let it rip. And we're all proud of you. So... This came out after the TV show ended, and the big selling point was, it's the dude from the TV show, and also Christopher Lambert, at it together, chopping people's heads off. Here's a fun fact I learned afterwards. So they filmed the movie, right? It's like back in the early 2000s when Dimension, just any time they had a movie, they're like, 
Well, this made some money. Let's go to Romania and shoot like three or four more of these. So they go and make it, and they go, oh cool, we have a little bit of money left over. So film a bunch of cool-ass special effects scenes for the trailer. Not a single one of those scenes is in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it before we started. Not a single fucking bit is in this movie. Um, a big highlight for me is there's a sword fight in the cemetery. At this point in time, Christopher Lambert is legally blind. He cannot see what he is swinging back. His opponent was not trained with a sword. So you're just watching a man fend for his life with a weapon he doesn't know how to use <laughs> as a blind old Christopher Lambert swinging at him. <laughs> what year did this come out? Like 2000 or 2001. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, let me put it to you this way. There's a, a lot of this movie is told in flashback because like, there's a hundred episodes of that show. I think Christopher Lambert was in like the pilot. You know, as you do, to, be like, to be like, oh, hello, friend. It's I, your friend Connor. Good to meet you. See you never again. So we have to establish that these two have a long-standing relationship with just a lot of flashbacks. And one of them, they're in ye olden times, and they come across a cart being harassed by the wrestler Edge. That's the quality of movie we're talking here. God bless, dude. But then things turn around because, like, they're hanging out at a church and then just a bunch of dudes dressed like monks, but also on motorcycles roll up. A bunch of them get murdered and then one jumps off the bike and does a spin kick and you realize it's Donnie Yen. It's like, oh shit, there's oh, a movie yeah. happening now. <laughs> and then we got more time travel. There's pe- It's real fucking dumb. It's real bad, but also... Good. Easily the second best Highlander movie I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> The first one's last, After- right? Hey. Oh, that sounds like a challenge that you don't want to take on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a movie I've been just sitting on for years now and finally watched is Troll Hunter, which was incredibly good. I just, I've been putting it off forever because I'm like, I know it's good, it looks good, but it's from Norway and I don't feel like reading a movie oh, yeah. about giant trolls. But I finally just went through and did it. You know what? It's real good. It's made on the cheap, but has insanely good special effects. Like, the CGI is ridiculous how good it looks, considering it was made for nothing like a decade ago. I love that there's a big variety of trolls, like, and they're all based on different Norse myths. Like, there's one, there's a scene where they're getting attacked in a cave, and they can't figure out what happened. You know, they all slathered themselves in disgusting troll jelly or some shit. Another one made a sound, and like, what happened? He's like... Oh, your friend's a Christian. You can smell it on him. I'm like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> the trolls can smell Christians. Uh, so you, you mentioned there's a bunch of Norse myths. Is, uh, any mention of the uh, the dead Odins? <laughs> <laughs> you leaned in so close. You were so excited. <laughs> I think at one point he gets tired of that. But no, no, no absolutely never. not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, absolutely strong recommend for Troll Hunter. Let me see. Ooh, the last thing I want to talk about is the thing that I post about in Discord, which is of course Karate Combat. Hell the yes, thing dude. I'm obsessed Fuck with, dude. Yes. So I watched the first episode. There is so much green screen. So there's. <laughs> There's like a pit, right? And they fight there, and there's a little bit of crowd around them. The entire background is just CGI, and it looks like a shitty Uncharted game. It's 
it's a mood. Our commentators are uh, Joe Rogan friend Brian Callen, who no one needs to know. Uh, MMA legend Boss Rutan, and of course Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode. <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, every time they cut to the three of them, looks like he has no idea where he is. <laughs> if you asked him right now about this, he would have no memory of doing it. But that's okay. Now you see, this episode takes place in outer space. Don't worry about it. And when it's time for the fighters to come out, they walk through, like, Stargate portals so they can <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. First fight, a guy from Peru whose brother, who taught him karate as a child, was shot and killed in front of him, and he vowed revenge. And also at night, he's a DJ. <laughs> His opponent <laughs> is about to go to the Olympics. So, fair match-off, first of all. I forgot that the ring is like a pit, so like it's surrounded by walls that have a forty-five degree angle, and they're encouraged to like use it to like kick off and do sick moves. But also, it means between rounds when you've just gotten kicked in the face for three minutes, you have to like slowly climb on all fours up the side of the wall to get to your stool, which is not great. Most of my notes are just Marshawn Lynch asking over and over again, "Hey, what's that move called?" And then they say a Japanese word at him, and then he repeats it wrong. This happens. <laughs> A good dozen times. <laughs> At one point, Boss Rutten explains a sidekick, which is, you know, everyone knows what a sidekick is, to which Marshawn responds, is that like a jab with your foot? And then no one acknowledges <laughs> it. it. <laughs> Sounds like something Alex's girlfriend would say. <laughs> I still get questions about Max's dad. From the- <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is welcome. (laughs) The first fight ends with the dude getting knocked out with a second left in the round. And he doesn't realize it, because he got knocked out. But they don't have, like, screens around for him to realize. So they just raise the other dude's hand and he looks very confused. They have to explain to him that he got knocked out. And then we cut to the announcers. Boss Rutten and Brian are looking at each other talking. And Marshawn Lynch is just shadow boxing while staring at the camera. Uh, the next fight is an ex-military guy who is now a practicing monk who also does karate. I'm still not sure if these backgrounds are real. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if they're fucking with me or not. He's fighting a Greek special forces officer who also does karate. And it's at this point where they explain the rules after the first fight in which Boss Rutten in a gi demonstrates next to a little monkey that is also in a gi. Oh my god! As he attacks the monkey. Son of a bitch, you're not <laughs> serious! It's so good, dude! Just oh, him with the little man. monkey, just a little gi and black belt as he explains the rules. Alright, we're gonna need to uh, pause this podcast for about 30 Yeah, we might have to see this and do some fact-checking. <laughs> you know, they have a pretty stacked roster, so we figure out who's fighting next by going to a giant character select screen, of course. Good. It's Bring the corniest shit ever. Uh, Bossard tries to explain that the portal that they walk through is like the portal in Interstellar, and that's why the monk has hair now. Because why? Okay. Why do a take two on any of this? Just have them talk when, over the fights and then say cut. Perfect. Go home. When did this come out? Like last year. What the Don't fuck? Worry. Season three. No one ever told week. me about. I'll this. fucking be there. 
Dude, I've had a week of exploring. I just assumed this was from, like, 2008. <laughs> from literally last year. By the way, learned that in Season 1, they had an event where the entire tournament was held on the top floor of the World Trade Center. And I cannot wait to hit stop recording and watching. What is... Uh, did you download this? Is it on YouTube? It's all on their YouTube channel. Oh, Just oh hell yeah. Listening. Karate combat's oh. in everyone's future. We're not getting anything done this week. Ah, you're goddamn right I'm not. I wanted to watch so many more movies. But you see, the monk does a jumping spin kick, lands on his ass, and Marshawn just yells, I saw a dude do that on Tekken. Over and <laughs> over and over. <laughs> Marshawn continues to ask what the different moves are called. <laughs> At one point, uh, a guy m- misses a head kick, to which Marshawn responds, he combed his back with his feet, would have been slapped in the face with hella toes, and then after someone gets front kicked in the face, reference- it refers to the front kick solely as the Zohan. <laughs> I was about to say, Marshawn, come on the podcast, but not if you reference don't mess with the Zohan. Uh, yeah, that, that's my lane. He can't have that one. Yeah. Our main event features a fighter known as the Joker, who showed up 18 pounds up. overweight and was allowed to compete anyways. I uh, see. <laughs> you know, to him, he's he's actually underweight. <laughs> You know how videos on this channel. Uh, There's so many, dude. I'm so excited. So uh, you know, like on any kind of like boxing match, there'll be like a Chiron. Like here's the name, and here's a couple things about him. His little fighter card says missed fighter meetings, weigh-in issues, arrived only 12 hours prior to fight. That's how they're gassing this dude up. (laughs) (laughs) His opponent is known as the Brown Bear. Who is from London in his little promo package? It's just him with a dozen dudes shirtless doing pull ups at a playground. <laughs> it's real good. Oh my god. There's a, there's a lot of dead air in this fight. They are getting very tired. They're tired of explaining the different moves to Marshawn. At one point, uh, a fighter attempts a spinning back fist, to which he responds, Hit him with the Ootski Dootski. There's like five seconds of silence afterwards. <laughs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> Between rounds, like, one of them has a cut on his face, so the corner man puts Vaseline on him. Marshawn tells us how he used to know a girl named Felicia who always carried Vaseline. Ten seconds of silence follows. Is winding down. One of the fighters is losing, and Marshawn yells, "You got five seconds to do your thing." I would have DDT'd him. Someone else goes to talk, and he just yells over him, "It's for the hood!" And then they just stop talking. <laughs> we get to the end of the fight, and one of the people looks like he cannot stand up on his own, and they just like will not announce the winner. They're just standing there, and then standing there, and the dude just collapses. And Marshawn keeps asking, "Where are the monks at? Where are the monks? Someone help him!" And the last note this ends on is they're doing like the recap, showing all the replays in the middle of the highlights. (laughs) The announcer goes, "And we've just received word he's collapsing and is going to the hospital." (laughs) Fucking show ends. That was one episode, you guys. (laughs) Oh my god.
It's <laughs> the best thing I've seen this year. Hit him with the Utsuki Dude, like, okay. Hit him with the Utsuki Dude. <laughs> Alright, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more off mic. I gotta figure out how to navigate this YouTube channel. Because there are a it lot is. of breakout videos. and like I, I watched a trailer and then the first episode autoplayed. And I was like, oh, what's this? And they just showed, like, outer space. So I was like, well, I guess I'll keep watching this. And then Marshall <laughs> yeah. Lynch appeared. <laughs> Holy shit. I saw, like, because all the episodes were like, oh, they take place in different places. I saw episode 10 Valhalla, and I was like, hey, what if we just don't record tonight? Like, yeah. What if I just watch this instead? I, uh, oh I laughed really hard scrolling through and seeing episode 7, Neo Tokyo, and then episode oh, 8, yeah, also Neo Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm so excited. That's it for me. Nothing has topped that for me this week. I. jeez. Oh, I'm gonna need a minute to calm myself down. Yeah, it, it's so good. <laughs> he said, "No, Wode Felicia, carry on about sleep." Ten like seconds of like silence. Season three. I wonder. I wonder if the thing's still going. Then finding out that there's a whole new season and it starts on July first. I could have started crying. Look, we might have to tell Josh we're gonna be busy. <laughs> it's all on the fucking YouTube channel, dude. Marshawn Lynch is still part of it, right? Where I'm not is, watching if he's not there. Dude, where is Who season knows? one of this? Unless Emmett Smith is there. Oh no. <laughs> I can't I can't find season one. Yeah, well Parker or Parker will send us like a We'll, we'll figure this out. We'll get yeah, this together. I just yeah. you're not allowed to leave until I can start watching this. Right, <laughs> okay. yeah. You you're not gonna I'll do some research afterwards. Let's talk about Black Moon Rising. <laughs> Alex, you're the one who found this initially, right? Yep. Where'd you find this? Bezos Ferry. Oh. <laughs> they just come I, I across mean, Black Moon Rising and just like, oh boy, a werewolf movie for your boy. It, it was, no, it was something that like had been in like my uh, recommendations for like, oh, at several scrolls through Prime. Mm -hmm. And I finally like stopped and clicked on it and went, what is this? And then went, oh fuck, I'm watching this immediately. And uh, yeah. <laughs> When I hit play, did not know that John Carpenter was involved in any way, saw that come up in the opening credits, saw the opening of this movie in general, and went, well, fuck, this is everything that I want a movie to be. Okay. <laughs> I gotta say, having John Carpenter involved writing is usually a good thing. I, I do think it's a little funny that he's admitted that he's never actually watched this movie, because he doesn't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Why would he? Hey, talk about the intro for this movie. First of all, the cast list. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. This is before he won an Oscar for... The, uh, what was it? The Fugitive? And... Uh, what, who else is in there? <laughs> Linda Hamilton, fresh off the success of The Terminator and uh, Children of the Corn. So, she's alright. Yeah, one for two ain't bad. Yeah, and uh, Bubba Smith. <laughs> one for them, one for you. Yeah. <laughs> Bubba Smith is in it, and... Uh, a guy whose name... He's been in a bunch of movies, but every single time I see his name in the opening credits, I laugh. His name is Leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, his name is a dad joke. Anyway, who, is there anyone else in here of consequence? Uh, no one comes immediately to mind. But, uh... Can we talk about this opening robbery scene? And how this goes along? Because Tommy Lee Jones walks into a fucking 7-Eleven or something... And he just wants a coffee, and some guy comes in there with a gun and holds the place up, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, What are you thinking? Got yourself on camera right over there. Cops will be here in a minute. You just stay calm, maybe you walk away with a little bit of money. 
face is going to be all over the place. The guy kind of was like, okay, this isn't worth it. He runs away. And the guy's like, you know, that kid's got no gumption. Opening credits. This is what we have to look forward to. This is maybe the worst opening scene I've ever seen in my life. Well, this guy's a no BS kind of dude. They're not going to be able to get one over on him. He's so hinged. It's it's doubly funny because like then the plot happens. It's like, oh, this guy is incredibly careless and an idiot. Yes. Thanks for that opening scene that had zero He's context whatsoever for the rest of the movie. Incredibly bad at stealing things. He, this is like, that opening scene is just like, what is this, a fucking Jodon Baker movie? It turns <laughs> out it could have been. Kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the decision to cast Tommy Lee Jones here... Was he in anything, like, really big before this that I'm maybe forgetting? I can look. Was he like, in anything big before The Fugitive? Well, this. I I don't know. I, I thought... So, no. <laughs> you know, I thought that, obviously, The Fugitive turned into a big star. He won the Oscar for it. But this movie, like, I, I look at him and I'm like, really? We're going with this guy? And then I looked it up, and originally they wanted to cast Charles Bronson who I guess just everyone wanted to put in every single movie for some reason. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones looks like a very slightly more attractive Charles Bronson, which is a huge insult to Tommy Lee Jones. This is not, like, the <laughs> leading man good looks. <laughs> yeah, but also, in this movie, it doesn't matter in the slightest. True, yeah, it's just that that dude looks like he was born 40 years old and just aged normally afterwards. I don't know. He's always been craggly. And I yeah, it's, he's got kendo scars. It's it's a lot. Can we also just notice that the director's name is literally Cockless? <laughs> Same. Apparently, he, he started going by Cokeless later in life because too many people made fun of him. <laughs> and that's not a bit. I guess. What took him yeah, so long? <laughs> Dude, you start doing that in second grade, okay? Correct. The second I learned the word cock, like five minutes later, my brain's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, Cockless's next scene is that uh, Tommy Lee Jones goes into some sort of government facility to get... Discs weren't invented yet, so the tape. He gets the tape and he leaves <laughs> and uh, a bunch of people are upset about him. And uh, Then smash cut to the desert. We have a very fast car <laughs> driving in the desert. I want to talk about this car and the design of this car. <sighs> I want to talk about that fucking stealing thing scene for a second. Go ahead. First. Yeah. In a weird way, it makes the movie work better that he sucks at stealing things because the government has gone, this is the guy, this is our thief. We have to get this guy to steal for us. And the fact that he's an incompetent jackass, I don't know if that was Carpenter or the other writers, but like that feels very carpenter to me. And I oh, really yeah. appreciated it. Yeah, it's almost like a, a, a Carpenter movie that came out that same year, which is Big Trouble in Little China. It's kind of got flashes of Jack Burton in there. It's like, oh, wait, this guy's not very good at anything that he says or does. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it does the Carpenter thing I like where this dude's having his own movie and then he just stumbles across something. He's like, oh, hey, check this shit out. And then he's just thrown into a whole different, much, much dumber movie. Yeah, yeah there was a bit of it where <laughs> I wasn't no sure business who, being involved. I wasn't sure who the good guy was for much of this movie. Then I was like, okay, this is what you're trying to do. Now I get it. And I like that. I kind of like, you know, being interested in trying to figure out and unravel, like, what everyone's motivation is. So this car, which looks like a black... <laughs> you know how, like, uh, uh, fucking Apple mice... Were... I have one of them somewhere in here. 
trackball? No, 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 not a <laughs> crosspoint. <laughs> no, it's a you know like the the Apple Magic Mouse. Well, imagine if this was black. That's the car in this movie. <laughs> I, I was going to say gaming mouse, but it doesn't have any buttons on it. it it's perfectly smooth, it's, like my brain. It goes 300 miles an hour and runs on tap water. <laughs> and it's made of Kevlar. Oh, I can, can I emphasize something about this? Because, like, you can, you can be the best film writer in the world, which John Carpenter is and was, and you could, like, write this great dialogue, you set up every character, you can do everything you want, but that doesn't matter, because your cockless director is going to have the guy say, Kelvar, instead. Thank you! <laughs> I rewound it three times! Like, the dude's not even on screen. This MF said Kelvar. <laughs> Sir Kelvar. <laughs> I thought I was going crazy, dude. <laughs> this was the first thing I read. I was like, oh, come on. You can't get cockless. Just so, yeah, load say Kelvar, whatever. No one's going to watch this. I'm going to watch it. Oh, I have some fucking standards. So, uh... <laughs> no. So, uh, he, uh, he has the, the tape, right? And he's going to go... He goes to, like, uh, I think it's the same truck stop from fucking Maximum Overdrive. And... The uh, the three nerds who I don't know if you guys ever watched the X Files, but they're like these three computer nerds on that show who are the only people that actually yes. like. Yeah, well, they made this car, and they also drive the car to the exact same uh, outpost. So he's just like, "Hey, anyone want to give me a lift?" I'm like, "Your car works. You could just drive yourself. Why are you just hanging around?" No reason, I guess. I don't know. He's just sort of hanging out, and uh, well, uh, the government is gonna track him. But they want to track him because he has the fucking tape. You could just give it to them and you get your money. No, man. I anyway. So he's <laughs> he's kind of fucking steals the chip and sets off all the alarms and almost gets murdered. Well, <laughs> he's so bad at yeah, it. Yeah, here's the thing that gets worse because I was watching him like there's got to be a reason that he does this, and I'm, maybe you guys watch a little bit better. He's just kind of like milling around, kicking the dust, looking around. No, oh, desert. This is really interesting. Goes over to that Magic Mouse car, that black Magic Mouse car. He looks at the back, he's like, hmm, hmm. And he puts that tape in the back of the car. And that sets off this whole chain of movie moments. And we don't have this movie if he doesn't do that, because if he just delivers it to Bubba Smith himself, then he gets his passport and the money and all the other bullshit. And it's like, movie over, but I know he's just like, I'm going to sin today. And he puts it in the back for... I can't imagine why. I, I don't know why he does it. He's like, oh, that car will be faster. He'll get that... Wait, he's going the wrong way. And he has to chase after them. Uh, I, I don't I don't know why he did it, but I know one person that would definitely do this. Not the Joker. And that's the Joker, God. baby. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me and he knew. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie ends what are we doing what to do with that <laughs> grind this podcast to a screeching halt leaves you nowhere to go <laughs> what even happens next pulling the the emergency brake on the whole podcast no what, what what's next is dime store frank stallone and his goons comes up and is like hey we need yeah, what if the they were the Joker? What if they were just fucking yeah. dancing yeah, around exactly. the stupid fucking suit? Okay, so... 
<laughs> yeah. The, See? Perfect segue. Hey, I know you work yourself. for the government, but I'm not very political enough. <laughs> give me the microchip. Okay. So, his little friends from his first botched job <laughs> come up there. And uh, do you think he was, like, doing that like like uh, Frank Reynolds does? He was just like, oh, that's a botched job when he sets off all the fucking alarms. <laughs> so, he... I like the idea of the government hiring a super secret agent who can't steal something without setting up the alarms. <laughs> so, yeah, his little buddies come along. I guess they're the rival thieves. And my first thought is, yeah, <laughs> actually, Bubba Smith should have signed them instead. You know? They, I think they're a lot Bubba better. Bubba Sparks should have absolutely signed the X-Blades. He is fucking trash. Mm-hmm. He will never make it. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't, so they, they chased after him. You... Damn! F- what are you laughing about? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll tell you what the Joker's laughing. No, about. you won't. Okay. You want to know how I got this car? <laughs> you were trying so hard to fight it. You tried, and then he called you. <laughs> like really hoping to rewatch the Batman really... animated series and now I can't do that. literally see the blue flames coming out of my hands <laughs> <laughs> to everyone who's listening we're not sorry <laughs> I have never been sorry I will never be sorry <laughs> I'm just an agent of chaos man <laughs> to, to everyone who's listening wants to give us like an advertiser <laughs> me undies they keep your balls dry uh, this is a special Patreon episode uh, anyway the, those Duke boys and by Duke boys I mean boy just escapes and he drives away if he had the fucking tape with him he could just give it to I'm not gonna let that go and they chase after him and they end up at a place called the Betsy in Los Angeles and it's, I guess, a place where you have a car show at night. And I have to admit, it's mid-1980s, so all these cars kind of suck. Like, I'm looking at all these cars, I'm like, I, I don't think I'd steal any one of these. These look like shit. And Linda Hamilton is there, and her hair is really big. And she's like, well, these cars are really good. You know what I like the most? The price. And she decides she'll steal all of them. And unfortunately, she steals the car that has the tape in the background that Tommy Lee Jones has to deliver to Bubba Smith. And all of a sudden I realize this is a Mr. Bean sketch. This is exactly something that would... In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that has actually happened. Mr. Bean puts his, like... I don't know, what do British people carry around? Like, a piggy bank. Puts his piggy bank... A wig and a dress. Yeah, okay, that too. Puts his piggy bank on, like, the wrong car, and that car drives away with his piggy bank, so he has to chase after it. He goes all over the world and causes all sorts of mischief that's what's going on here this is the american version of mr bean and he chases after her in his shitty ass car oh before this can we also talk about uh john carpenter's broadside against pickup artists <laughs> 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 this fucking my favorite scene in the movie <laughs> actually. It's it's scene. So good, dude. this is where you really know how good of a writer the john carpenter is because like this fucking guy is just like Linda Hamilton sits next to him and this dude this is a schlub this dude doesn't have a prayer and he's just like you know what I could tell from the moment that you sat down in your eyes you were looking for something different 
What would you say if I were to take you back to my place and fuck your brains out? What'd you feel about that? And uh, Linda Hamilton just says, no. She gets up and leaves. And he's just like, you know, women too neurotic to know what they want. (laughs) And then a different woman sits down and looks at him and kind of like smiles. And he does the exact same line to her. The fact that they cut back to it three times and he's in different parts of the speech. It's so yeah, good. that's one of my favorite parts about this. This is great because, like, the next woman... This is the part they cut out. This is in a trivia section. The, the next woman, like, gets up and leaves and he says to her, oh, how do you feel about equality? So... <laughs> Man, just think, when that guy gets married, he's gonna get all those new books. <laughs> You're welcome, all three of you listening. <laughs> oh, we're up from two now. <laughs> I will say... Josh will listen to it twice. Yeah. I will say the car chase is actually pretty good. The car chase around the streets of LA. It, it's... I loved the car chases in this movie. Yeah. Like, they're, they're stylized exactly how I want them to be for, like, a movie set at this time with this budget. Like, it looks great. I mean, honestly, it reminds me of Bullet. Is, I mean... Yeah, in in some sense, all car chases will like have some of that DNA. Yeah, I I fucking love the car chases in this movie, even with the stupid ass Kelvar car. God, we're gonna keep calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> the movie calls it that. Why can't we? Yeah. So I yeah, I really liked it. I liked the different paths that they go along, the really tight turns that they're taking, which is uh, incredibly tough to do without slowing I'm a, down. I'm a big fan of like the 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 camera that's mounted like over the uh, right rear tire. Like, yeah. It like, shows everything. Like, I fucking love that shot anytime I see it. Yeah. And they don't do it anymore cuz they don't need to. Like, yeah, well. It's dope. I was really happy. So, I will say this. Cockless, you did a pretty good job. You got a cock for that scene. That's it. Uh so she she drives this car away and she drives it up into a truck and the truck goes away and he follows the truck and it goes into this building and there are goons in there. Uh, Team Rocket is hiding out, and they're collecting cars so they can steal Pokemon faster. And uh, they want to sell off these cars to a high-priced uh, bidder. And he says, oh, no. should I do the accent? Parker, can you do the accent of this Always. one guy? Nope. <laughs> you first. <laughs> you volunteered. You can do it. Well, you guys figure it out. Just let me say that it fucking owns that uh, the bad guys in this movie are just the good guys from Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad when we get to like the big bad of the movie, because he's one of those guys that's been like a hundred movies and TV shows and plays, and I'm like, oh, it's that guy from Basketball. Such <laughs> 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 a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> My brain is Ruined. Anyway, this mysterious bidder, whose accent is lost to the legends of the wind, uh, decides, no, I will not buy any of these cars because they're damaged in some way. I will not give you your $420,000. I'm sure that number was chosen randomly. And he gets into the elevator and is killed by a goon. And uh, Chris, uh, Chris, you know who thinks that's a regular accent? <laughs> no! No! <laughs> See? That's the one you were waiting for. You're welcome. <laughs> the scene is so I don't it doesn't fit at all. It feels like they shot this whole movie and went, "Hey, uh, we have our big bad guy and he just 
just steals cars and then sells them. That's all he does. We need to make him intimidating in some way, shape, or form. Let's just murder this random guy who sounds like me. <laughs> also, this henchman should have been played by Richard Keel. Absolutely. I say that about most henchmen. So, uh... What happens next? Okay, so... Well, this is like fucking Tommy Lee Jones shows up at the the secret underground lair, and they see him on the security cameras, and they're like, who's that guy? <laughs> I don't know. End scene. This, <laughs> Move along. This is, this is great okay, because, like, compare this to fucking Harrison Ford in Air Force One where he's sneaking around in, like, the belly of the plane and trying to be, like, stay out of sight and kill quietly if possible, hide the bodies, that sort of thing. Tommy Lee Jones is walking around in Southern California in the middle of summer in a full leather jacket and just walking in plain sight of all the security cameras walking around, huh, I wonder where that car is. I want to get my tape out of the back. And just everyone's just like, who's this guy? Was it the master thief? What is this shit? And he, <laughs> he's like the most obvious guy in the fucking movie. It, like, even the three nerds are sneakier than he is. Also, one of the three nerds is apparently deaf. I uh, I don't think I realized that until his death scene. Oh my god, what a death Can scene. Can we just talk so, about this we'll death scene? Cause, we'll get to it. <laughs> okay, so he partners up with context, them. context, dude. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Does he... There's an old man outside asking about his missing credence tape. Should we let him up? <laughs> no, he's cool. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so... I, I don't know. Does he seduce uh, Linda Hamilton first? Linda Hamilton wants to get away. I guess... At one point, like, the, the main bad guy of this movie plays, like, uh, a tape he recorded of her. I don't know if he, like, abducted her as, like, an orphan and made her drive cars for him professionally. But she escapes uh, by driving a car at a secret door that he has to unlock because he doesn't want her to die. I don't know what's going on here. She escapes, and Tommy Lee Jones walks in front of her car, and he says, You know, some friends of mine lost a car, and I want you to help me. He, like does this secretly or subtly and he's really just saying I want you to help me and she's like okay and they All have right, sex I guess we'll go have sex then whatever yeah that's a final sucker dick just I, shout out to the 80s for just playing saxophone music over every sex scene like it's funny every single time it really is literally yeah. every time yeah you know, the 80s were really trying to bring back the saxophone but if only, man. Yeah. Well, bad sax. Thanks sax-, for nothing, Bill Clinton. Look, bad sax is better than no sax. So <laughs> he tries to befriend like the three nerds, okay. and they were trying to like, uh, like, oh, we're gonna break in this way. He says, no, we're gonna do it this other stupid bullshit way that won't work. And the nerds, before they meet up with him, I think they they sneak in there and they're trying to be extra sneaky about it. But the deaf guy is too, it's, it's too stupid to see anything. He's not running around like catch the greased up deaf guy and Family Guy, but. He doesn't see the two it's vehicles. Big reference for you, Chris. Like, yeah, it's the one scene I like in that movie. My eyes darted across the room. Oh my god! <laughs> when this guy starts walking around and the sound just cuts out of the movie, I'm just like, "What's what's going on? Why doesn't he uh, hear the vehicles coming?" Oh, he's never spoken a word. Oh, he was deaf the entire time. No one made that clear. <laughs> there is probably a note in the script that says he's deaf. Make that clear. And Cockless is just like, ah, nah. And so he's. Just, walking away there are two cars just speeding right toward him the first car hits him and when i say he gets air okay <laughs> shane leckler has never got hang time like this i'm going to hit this guy out of the fucking stadium he just goes up like, 
And then he just gets liquefied by the truck that comes after him. <laughs> he flies like Dave Chappelle taking shit in slow motion. <laughs> he goes flying out of his shoes. <laughs> What a good movie. The only thing that's missing so, is like, when, when he was in the air, I was really hoping he would have screamed like this. <laughs> is this... Now, now, Chris, you'll have to help me put this in context. Is this before or after the scene where Tommy Lee Jones goes to visit the construction foreman on oxygen who can't get out of bed? <laughs> Talk about a movie this that could be eight after. That had to be after. This movie is a hundred minutes long, and we saw that, we immediately started grumbling. You get scenes like this, that's why. Why the fuck is this scene in here? It's like, oh, I designed the whole building. I want the real blueprints. (laughs) This dude's on life support. Keon is like, hey, can you give me the blueprints? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's just like Like the most... You can just get the blueprints. It's the most fucking Pawn Stars-ass scene you can possibly It really is. Let me go talk to my friend the blueprint expert. (laughs) Oh, that blueprint? Oh, that's a $20 bill right there. (laughs) So he gets the real blueprints. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is he goes to the the two nerds, because their deaf friend died, rest in peace, and it looks just like this blue grid. He says... Well, the cars are over here. We gotta get to this car over here. I'm not gonna try to do a Tommy Lee Jones accent because he's not trying to this movie. Why should I? He just points to one square on this what rectangle on this grid that doesn't look different from any of the other ones. It's like this is the building, the unfinished one. I'm like, you want to like color that one in, like color it red or like highlighted or something, just make it look somewhat distinct. Because if I turn the map like this, you don't know where you are anymore. I have to admit, I kind of stopped taking notes at this point because I wasn't really sure what to take notes on. I will say that. Has, uh, are we at the point where he's gotten where Tommy Lee Jones has gotten the shit kicked out of him yet? <laughs> I don't. They beat the fuck. Oh out yeah, of that's him. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like maybe like one of my favorite things about this movie is that like he gets the shit kicked out of him at like minute what fifty five or so. Like you know, kills two of the goons, but like the goon leader runs away. And then he just looks like he got the shit kicked out of him for the second half of the movie. He is just bloodied and bruised, and, like, Linda Hamilton tries to clean him up, and he still looks like dog shit. It's so good. <laughs> like, instead of getting the badass, like, him, like, just soaking all the scars, she just wipes him down, he's going, Bah! <laughs> <laughs> he's screaming like the basket oh, case. <laughs> he is. And Tommy Lee Jones in a wicker basket. You don't want to take yeah, a movie that. idea right there. So, yeah, he's a he kind of feels like one of those Mystery Science Theater three thousand movie protagonists, you know, where he's like clearly not a badass and probably shouldn't be in the movie at all. And uh, one scene that really sticks with me here is the zipline scene, because in <laughs> any other movie, you're like you shoot the zipline, and then like get on like the thing, and you like you know slide on over to the other building, and you get in that way. This dude is struggling so hard to navigate the zip line. <laughs> Fucking Owens. I believed I it. All yeah, exactly. The, it, yeah, it, believability is not what I'm looking for in Black Moon Rising. The car looks like Disagree. this. <laughs> not looking for believability here. Instead, he's just going like, yeah. He was more awkward than like the mid-air zip line in Air Force One. Still coming back to me. Just ended the episode. Please download. 
car. Watching an old man shuffle across the roof is how old was he? <laughs> I in thought that it movie? was great. I have to. I have to understand. Okay, so it came out in eighty six. Eighty seven. Turns out he was forty. That's impossible. How the fuck? He's seventy four years old. Oh god! Don't look at him now. Ugh. You can't. <laughs> it's like a basilisk. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you said Basilisk, but I heard Basset Hound for a second. It was a lot funnier. <laughs> I mean, also, yes. Also, yeah, he does kind of Absolutely. have a Basset Hound-esque face. Certainly less loving. Apparently, tough guy to work with. I wouldn't know. Never worked with him. You don't yeah. say. So anyway, anyway, the big bad kidnaps Linda Hamilton and just shows her a tape of her having sex with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he's like, oh, you wouldn't want people to know this, huh? Would you? That's a good point. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, now <laughs> I'm on fun. your side again. Ah, uh, uh, yes. You're uh, you're a bad guy, so I'm going to lock you in the storage closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So... <laughs> Uh, fast forward, let's just get right to the climax of the movie, because, uh, I'm getting sick and tired of this. We're not gonna talk about Tommy Lee Jones crawling through the vents, and just, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> ending up in the storage closet somehow. <laughs> just the you know he didn't plot. intend that, either. He had some it's stupider like plan. Scooby-Doo-ass plot contrivance <laughs> is the shit. Oh, well. Not crazy run into you <laughs> He's like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, I'll help you. He's like, Okay. <laughs> I, I, I just sort of like I was going in and out I was, I have to admit I was sort of looking at my phone for much of this so when I get to the end and they're both in that car on the very top floor they're just driving around and he says we'll just mark this up as a misunderstanding just get out of the car no one needs to get hurt she's like give me your gun He's like, okay. So this is, by the way, like in like any other movie, she just turned the gun on him, and then you get like a sad ending, thumbs down, try again from your quick save. And instead, she shoots the goon in the head, and they drive the car right at the bad guy as she's shooting more people in the head as they go along. You know, for a car that can reach 325 miles an hour, they don't really do it that much in this movie. Absolutely not. You gotta save that. It's like a James Bond like gear, you know, like oh well, Mister Bond, you can do all sorts of cool bullshit with this. And he doesn't do any cool bullshit. Like he loses it in the first scene. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, but also it's like a Metroid game. But also, they do a building jump in this movie with a six million dollar budget, and it owns. Could not believe I got a Furious Seven building <laughs> jump. This I got so did this movie idea. invent building jumps? I hope it did. I. It, it, it has to have invented skyscraper jumps. Yeah, that's for God, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> There's probably yeah. like a Macaulay Wood and a Holler before that did it, but you know. Because in my head, I'm like, wait, how did they get? How did the car get so high up there? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter why they're on like the top floor. <laughs> Just don't don't think because this whole movie takes it. place like them trying to break into the parking garage. Like, all right, so we're on the 87th floor of this building now. How do we get out of here? <laughs> well. Afterwards, they have sex again. A lot of sex in this movie. Like a <laughs> The movie ends smell. on them like, oh, I'm too banged up, we can't fuck each other. I'm glad we stole the car and then credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, by the way, before they do that, I just want to comment on like this one thing that I saw, because I saw titties on the screen, I was just like, <gasps> where? And Linda Hamilton makes some sort of like joke at Tommy Lee Jones, and he clearly doesn't laugh, and he clearly does a face like, and he, he throws, like, a mock punch at her face. 
and he does. He gives us a why. Yeah, I, I know. It's like <laughs> straight to the moon. <laughs> Honeymooners reference from Parker. Thank you. So yeah, that's a tough guy to work with. So <laughs> <laughs> it's with her making fun of her, like, oh, "Hey, old man, you're too beat up. Let your body rest. You can't fuck me." He just cocks his arm back like, "I swear to God." As soon as they call I'm cut, a fucking full Nelson. Right. So right. Omni <laughs> Nelson. Yeah. Then the credits roll. Uh, I'd say this. This is a movie that could have used John Carpenter perhaps at the helm, but that would have taken him away from Big Trouble in Little China. So, it's counter blessing. Or they could have just made it ten years beforehand when he wrote the script. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was on a fucking shelf for a decade. That's why none of this makes any sense. Yeah. I like to imagine he just had two scripts at the same time. Like, uh, complete bumbling dipshit falls into <laughs> wrong movie. <laughs> like, I'll make this one. You can have this one. <laughs> Imagine this movie with Kurt Russell, though. Dude. I think it'd be worse. I don't know. I, I think I think Tommy Lee Jones being such a dipshit everyman is the, the entire reason that most of this works, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think it's a feature, not a bug. Like, if you put the if you put Charles Bronson in this as intended, no one watches the movie. Like, it's a dad movie uh, that even my dad wouldn't watch. I would watch this movie. <laughs> I would absolutely You show me the car, I would Charles. turn it on the heartbeat. I would watch the behind the scenes of them explaining. So it's a car from the future. Yeah, and he says a bunch of homophobic slurs he can't repeat. Them. No, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, slurs, Parker, I forgot that in uh, The People Under the Stairs that Nadine from Twin Peaks almost says the N-word. That's the tea, sis.